November 29th, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. This is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them, I, Peter, have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember and understand what the holy prophets said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. First, I want to remind you that in the last days, there will be scoffers who will laugh at the truth and do every evil thing they desire. This will be their argument. Jesus promised to come back, did he? Then where is he? Why, as far back as anyone can remember, everything has remained exactly the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens by the word of his command, and he brought the earth up from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the world with a mighty flood. And God had also commanded that the heavens and the earth will be consumed by fire on the day of judgment, when ungodly people will perish. But you must not forget, dear friends, that a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise to return, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to perish. So He is giving more time for everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and everything in them will disappear in fire and the earth and everything on it will be exposed to judgment. Since everything around us is going to melt away, what holy, godly lives you should be living! You should look forward to that day and hurry it along, the day when God will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth He has promised a world where everyone is right with God. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to live a pure and blameless life, and be at peace with God. And remember the Lord is waiting so that people have time to be saved. This is just as our beloved brother Paul wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him, speaking of these things in all of his letters. Some of his comments are hard to understand, and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters around to mean something quite different from what he meant, just as they do the other parts of Scripture, and the result is disaster for them. I am warning you ahead of time, dear friends, so that you can watch out and not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people. I don't want you to lose your own secure footing." but grow in the special favor and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be all glory and honor, both now and forevermore. Amen. Addiction is that dependency on a substance or an activity, an unstoppable craving. I need to have it. I can't do without it. It's like a compulsion a weakness, a fixation, an enslavement to something. 
And of course, there are many kinds of addictions. We are, can be addicted to food or to shopping, pornography, drugs, alcohol, gambling, internet. There's a whole range of addictions. Often people say, Jim, it's like I can't get out of it. I feel boxed in, and I have sleepless nights, and I feel a failure because I can't overcome it. There's no victory in sight. And I'm angry with myself because I'm not free yet. And such is the frustration and the utter struggle that people have when they are addicted to something that holds them like a vice grip. It's like a huge mountain which is unable to be climbed. And people with addictions need not so much judgment, but hope. What are the causes of addiction? Well, there are many. Sometimes people with very low self-esteem uh, have to get something to prop themselves up. They, they think they're rubbish. They're useless. So they turn to a substance or an activity which uh, comes over their lives and dictates their lives. There can be genetic factors. For example, if you are brought up in a family where many people have addictions, it seems to be come on you from the other members of the family. Could be peer pressure. You've got to sample it, do it, experiment with it. And all kinds of pressure can come on our minds to give way. What is important in terms of addiction is this, to get to the root of the problem. Not the symptom, but the root. And the Bible teaches us that the root of our problems, our anxieties, our fixations, our problems, our addictions, is a spiritual root. And once the spiritual root is tackled, then we can deal with the problem. A recent survey in Britain concluded that one in three people are addicted to something or have addictions. Now, that survey might not be entirely accurate, but what we can say is this. Many people struggle, are tortured by addictions of various types. And there is this darkness, or as the passage says in verse 3, the despair that people feel not being free and not overcoming this addiction. What does the Bible say about freedom from darkness? Well, look at verse 1. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. These words are very special. Freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Now, in the Bible, there's something called the divine exchange. And I'll explain it to you very simply. When Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again, he rendered sin ineffective. He defeated sin and the power of sin and the power of death and the power of despair. That is called the truth of the gospel. 
And the Bible teaches us that it's the truth or the knowledge of the truth or the application of the truth that sets us free. The fact of the matter is Jesus has done the work for us. He has broken or canceled the power of all sin and addictions on the cross by virtue of his death and resurrection. But the other side of the equation is this. That's the truth. That's the fantastic truth. That's what we hold on to. But there's the application of it. There is the belief of it. There is the trust in it. And to make this truth real, we need to activate it. We need to say, Lord, your victory is my victory. I cannot overcome it in my own strength. There are societies and people and groups in the world today who are very helpful to people with addictions, absolutely, and be sensible and receive help. But the real issue, above all other issues, is a spiritual issue. And when Jesus' victory becomes my victory, I am set free and released from darkness. Now, the Bible teaches us, and the gospel message is this, that we can give ourselves to Jesus and our problems and our hang-ups and our addictions. We say, I'll give you that, Lord. That's That's the deal. I give you those things I can't handle. You give me your spirit, your strength. You come and live inside my life and take charge and give me that strength and that boldness to say, be gone in Jesus' name. And that is what we call the good news of the gospel. And that's for anybody. You're not too bad. You're not too late. You're not too despairing. It's never, ever too bad. You're not too sinful. Jesus can help us to overcome any problem or difficulty and will continue to supply all our needs according to his riches in glory to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. A person with addiction doesn't think their lives are beautiful. The oil of gladness instead of mourning and despair. And look, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Do you know why Jesus wants to set us free? It's for our benefit, but it's also so that his name is proclaimed throughout all the earth. Maybe there is someone here today and you think, whoa, I'm addicted. I'm in trouble. I'm gagged and bound. Ropes are around me. It feels like that. And I can't break out. I commend Jesus to you and his power to you. Because the power of the cross and the resurrection is able to set us free. Free indeed. And we can say, as the title of the series says, Lord, help me. And many people are crying out to God these days, Lord, help me. And God always responds to that cry. And he'll hear your cry. 
and my cry today.